Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Chief Baseball Officer of the Boston Red Sox, longtime friend of his, but also a guy who knows what it's like to be at the GME, uh, not GME, the winter meetings, knows what it's like to be at the winter meetings, not only as an agent, but as someone who says, hey, you know what's good for you, client? Why don't we go hang out in the lobby of the winter meetings? How many times did you do that with Craig? That, well, yeah, that's funny. That can't wait. I think we did five years in a row. What? It was You did? Yeah, Nashville, San Diego. I remember Orlando. San Diego, yeah. Yeah, it was a few of them. Um, yeah, it was his way. And I, I know we've talked about this previously. It was his way of saying, hey, I'd like to know what's going on inside of like the baseball world. Like what actually happens? You know, that's the way like someone like that thinks, right? Like people can talk about, hey, we got the agents meeting the team and da, da, da. And he was always hands-on. He's like, well, if I'm the player, shouldn't I be figuring out which teams actually like me? And I was always a big proponent of having him, which he often did with Billy Bean and such, have him be involved in that negotiation. Because it makes the team say, "Hey, well, we got a player that really is interested, right? Really, really wants to know what goes on in the the back and forth between a player agent." I mean, obviously, the untold uh, thing in the business, so to speak, is the agents telling the client, "No, you stay at home. Let me handle the winter meetings." And I'll tell you. And then, oftentimes, they don't always communicate <laughs> yeah. back to the player. <laughs> this is who likes you, and or. This may have been an offer or maybe not an offer, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I was always a proponent of you, of you go um, because you, if you want to know, you want to know what's going on. Like you really need to go. So it's, it's interesting watching Craig now on the other side of that. Right? Oh, now, yeah. He arrives in Nashville probably more popular than the Boris Corporation, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got the reporters and everybody, not just the reporters, Rob. He's got every kid in who wants to get into the business of oh. baseball their resume yeah running around with yeah. the resume now in a qr code and then <laughs> they're shooting it uh, uh, yeah yeah when i went to the job fair i did not have a qr code at the winter meeting. <laughs> but it was it was it was equally as worthless um but it's you know it's funny because the image that i have is the uh, craig and probably you too 
of the endless time of standing around the lobby, right? So you got you had your meetings, right? You had some meetings yeah. lined up and stuff. A lot, a, a lot. The one meeting I was actually thinking about today, and I said, "Oh, we should we talk about tonight?" It was <laughs> Jeff Lunau, <laughs> former GM of the uh, Astros, right? Yeah. His assistant GM is Mike Elias, right? At the time, right? Craig's former teammate at Yale. So Mike was a freshman when Craig was a junior, maybe I think yeah. junior or senior. So he's a couple of years younger than him. And we, we want to get a meeting with the Astros, right? So Mike goes to Jeff. He goes, you know, I got my buddy, Breslow, he's a free agent. And Jeff's like, oh, okay, you know, you know, there's always a smart guy. Yeah, you can have him up. He goes, well, his his rep is there also. And he goes, well, I, I don't talk to lawyers or agents. That's what Jeff says. Really? <laughs> so they literally kept me from going up to their suite area up to, like, you know, where they laid out all yeah, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got all the, you know, we got this and that. And years later, I joke around, even like people in the industry, I say, you can see that he locked, he literally locked me out of being involved in the discussion with the player. (laughs) So, what, when, I mean, first of all, like he doesn't, he didn't talk to agents. Like that seems bizarre. Well, no, I don't think it was anything personally against me. I guess he thought maybe they had proprietary stuff. So I always joke with Craig after the fact that said, were there any garbage cans in in the room? Were they banging cans? Were they playing? Were they playing music? <laughs> well, do you remember? So, like you said, he he goes to the winter meetings, and and I've seen other players do this too. Right? Not a lot. You were ahead of you were ahead of the curve. Congratulations yeah. for that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, you you st- you're standing around, you're standing around, and you you line up hit meetings. When Craig went and started going to these meetings, and you were winning some of them as well. Was it what was his takeaway? Was like this isn't what I expected. What what, what was that like? I think he was. Uh, I think I don't want to speak for him, but I remember. I specifically remember he's he's a he doesn't like when people are late. He's a very regimented person, right? So when we have say an eleven o'clock meeting, and I think it was one year. I forget what team it was, but it was actually at the GM meetings we went to. Believe it or not in Arizona and they showed up the GM himself showed up like 20, 30 minutes late, came rolling like out of his bedroom into like their suite area of their suite. Yeah. Like he's all disheveled and he's going to brush his teeth. <laughs> like, and Craig was like, what? We were looking at each other like, I'm like, I knew that's the way a lot of guys were, but um, I think it was that. I think the other thing, the other observation, I don't know if it was him. It might've been, one of my other guys, I, I don't recall, but it was, uh, yeah, this is a, uh, a lot of drinking goes on here. <laughs> a lot of drinking goes on here. <laughs> and that's just not his thing, right? I, he's like, he's all business, right? And I said, yeah, guys lose careers here. Like, they literally go out and they lose. I'm talking about executives, right? Like, right. They lose careers. Like That's crazy. But it's true. And it's, it's just a big, it's a, it's a. To me, the, I think the impression was it's this massive get-together of people who are in the industry. It's almost like a trade show, right? Yeah. But really, it was traditionally because this is all pre-phones, right? Or you had one phone line, right? The old dial-up phone, right? Yeah. But really a way to get together and say, hey, let's do trades in person, right? It's 1988, wherever, you know, Will Clark's getting traded for whoever, right? That kind of thing, right? Like, let's do it in person. Now it's like why you're communicating every day with these people. Like why do you why do you, you don't you don't need to do this? Like this is like I, I've been explaining this. It's a sense of community in sense of and you can look at it whatever way you want. The sense of community can be going down and getting poop face down at the uh 
the bar, you know, an right. excuse to do that and or whatever it is. But you you bring up going to the suite. That's another thing that people I don't think understand is that that's where these organizations live. You know, that this right. these disgusting suites that they're they're holed up in there for three days and having people come in and come out and come in and come out, right? Yes. It's 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 interesting. I mean they, they set it almost like an office type structure. I do think it's good for helping to pitch a player, right? I mean you're you know you you if or the the representative, whoever it may be. It's a good it's a good place to pitch. Hey, this is what we're doing. And I imagine Craig and his team are gonna be doing that, right? You know, putting on a, a show for agents say, hey, this will, you know, the benefits coming here. And I think Listen, I think in person is very important to begin with. That's the reason why we were there, right? We'd always, and not just with Craig, we're with a lot of my guys. Like we, we would always make a point, right, of just being there um, because you have the one-on-one. You, you know, you build relationships and you know that kind of stuff. But it is interesting; it's really evolved. And there was that that book, uh, Lords of the Realm. Yeah, by, uh, that's a famous famous book, right, about yeah, the history, yeah. true history of baseball on the backside of it, right? Actually, I think. It's, it's interesting when you read that book. I, I reread it re- recently. Dave Dombrowski was like prominent part of that book. Yeah. And this thing made it 80s. <laughs> He's been doing it that long, right? But yeah, that was that was always about the winter meetings, what went on there. And I'm like, oh, if you actually fast forward like 30 to 40 years, like everyone's on the phone now. I mean, that was that guy a couple years ago. He's on the phone. He's walking through the lobby and he falls into the water. <laughs> <laughs> that, Rob, that to me was okay. He was probably texting something. He's on the way to someone. He's not even paying attention, and he walks and he falls into the waterfall, smashes his face. <laughs> Technology ruins his phone. <laughs> he goes home. He's just like no. But there, well, there was interesting things like a guy. I remember Tommy Lasorda showed up one year, and me and Craig was sitting in San Diego, and Lasorda started talking to us. And I just acted like, oh, I just, I guess he thinks I'm somebody. Uh, maybe I play, I, who, I don't even know what he thought, who I thought it was. And yeah. he didn't know who Craig was. And we just started hanging out with him for 20, 30 minutes and stopping every former player of his. Because Tommy at the time had a tough time moving. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I said, just identify the player. And that goes Steve Garvey comes, who, by the way, shorter than me, which I, I couldn't believe how yeah. I, because Garvey wasn't the tallest of the players. Connecting with Garvey, you got this one, that one. So stuff like that happens where then you like build these, then all of a sudden he knows he knows Tom Lusorda. Oh. Then Aaron Boone's there with his his dad Bob before Aaron got the Yankee job, right? And they're just hanging out at the Starbucks, by the way. Uh, I remember look, I and this is another thing, is that that every place, every winter meetings, every location, and so there's a spot where you know the people have to pass through. I remember you guys being in San Diego. I specifically remember, you know, you guys were really close to that trail of the Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, the the back and forth of knowing, like, no, that's where he was, right? Well, you know what it is? People go to those meetings and they think they congregate where there's thousands of people by the lobby. of. So forget that. I said, you got to, we got to figure out where the, where these guys go to avoid all those people. Yes. Yeah. So then we- Almost like going through like the back entrance, like so. I was like, so we found a little path, and I'm like, oh, that this is they got to be going to Starbucks. Who doesn't go to Starbucks? These guys are at some point yep. they want to get some air. Not gonna sit in a hotel room. So we, he said, all right. So we sat there, and there they were, one after one. They all stopped. Every one of them stopped. Did Jed re- and, and <laughs> Bob? I specifically remember Craig <laughs> sitting on the bench on that pathway. Like, <laughs> he's no, he's no dummy. He's no dummy. Like this is. <laughs> this is where it was, and, and and it's it's also it's it's made it's 
it's making the most of your time. And this is, you mentioned Nashville. You guys went to Nashville. I think I remember seeing you guys there too. Like Nashville, where it is this year, that's not even close to the most challenging because it's just right. huge, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's more spread out. That that was more of a, uh, Nashville's more of a, um, like an adventure land. It's like, it's just a massive just the area. You can really hide there easily. Yeah. During exam- but yeah, but you, guys kept go- you kept going back though. Yeah, because I think I think in the back of his mind, he he knew he was going to be on this side of it at some point on the management side, and it's it's really how you learn, right? I mean, you got to be on the ground and say, hey, what do these guys actually do? Like, what do they do? What's the what's the? I specifically remember Nashville. Never forget it. Mike Hazen's working for uh, Double Day. Do remember me and Craig were having breakfast outside one of one of those like breakfast areas within the hotel, and we see Dave and Mike walking. And Mike had just taken the job as GM with him. I think it was 2016, maybe, or 17, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he sees he, he sees Craig, and this was after they had let him go, non-tendered him, meaning like he was going to be free. He wasn't going back to the Red Sox. So it was 2016, mm-hmm. going into the 2016. And Dave stopped, saw him and me, made a direct line to him, and shake his hand, hey, Craig, how you doing? How you been, buddy? You look great. And Mike and then he went, you know, and then he went on his way. That nice conversation, and I and Craig's like, "Can you believe that?" He, you know, he went out of his way to say, "I said, Craig, this guy's been around the block. Like, he knows where you're headed on a professional level. He's smart. I mean, you know, Dave, right? Yeah. He's not, he's not a dummy. He's like, oh, and now I don't, I don't think he'd do that to every player, but I think he'd do it to someone like Craig, and he certainly did. And I always remembered that in the back of my mind. I'm like, these guys know. They all, but, but you, but. In that vein, I think that when executives see current players, it really jumps out. Now, it doesn't always translate. Sometimes you get a player who is just trying to hang on. I, I'm not going to name them, but yeah. I've seen plenty of them. And yeah. and they're just doing – and it's kind of like they don't have the sort of the focus and the impetus that Craig had. They're just like someone told them, hey, you know, just go there, see if you can find a job. And what happens is that and a lot of times your agents aren't even with them. So that's another right. problem. And they're, yeah. and they're hanging out and it's low. It's a lonely existence. Just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. When they become free agents, the average agent, not all of them, but a lot of them. Be like, but, oh, but, but, but when an executive sees like a guy like Craig, like there's absolutely this, hey, it's almost like a lifeline. Because when you see someone like that, you're like, "Oh, this is this is a, a, an interesting existence that is here, other than the massive amount of job seekers, media, and agents." Right? Exactly. Some and someone obviously with great pedigree, right? So you look at yeah. it and you say, "Guys, clearly here." But it's funny when you when you look at it in terms of if you would ask him today, Craig, do you believe those four, five, six years you consistently went to those meetings? helped you in going into your first now on the other side, the answer would be a thousand percent because he, you know, not that he necessarily knows what management was doing day in and day out, but he, you have to lay of the land. It's, it's like a, a court, uh, a, a lawyer all of a sudden becomes trying his first case, which I did at a very young age, but I grew up, my dad was a criminal defense lawyer. So I was in the courtroom when I was 10 years old, carrying his briefcase. Mm-hmm. I've seen cross. I saw, so when I became a young lawyer, I said, like, how, why are you doing trials so early? I said, 
I've already seen this environment. Like, <laughs> like already, like I know what's on the other side, right? So, it's very similar analogy, right? He he kind of knows what's on the other side, at least with respect to like the winter meetings and the give and take between agents and how teams lace things out. And certainly, things have changed in the last five or six years. I'm sure, right? And I'm sure he's going to change things on how certain things are done. Well, of the let's just give me a give me a ballpark about how many different. Suites you guys went up to see, and then over the course of your winter meetings sojourns, yeah, between the GMs, I just remember he he went on a lot. I certainly did a lot for him and other guys. Um, I don't even know. There's got to be a lot of the same guys, right? Even yeah. Well, my, so here's my question: Is that probably, so? How many? I'd say, probably, I'd say about twenty. Okay. 20 so. How like so you're talking about this is this helped him get ready for this moment of being on the other side of greeting people to come in. How different was some of these experiences? Like in, in other words, I know I know what it's like to go into one of these suites when they have the media availability. Um yeah. and but I would imagine and I've heard plenty there's a lot of good stories. There's a lot of good stories. I you know, in in the wildly popular book, a damn near perfect game. Um, <laughs> you know the the story uh, uh, when Joe Kelly's uh, agents at Levinson's are negotiating with the Dodgers. They basically said, "We are leaving this room till we get this done." So they go all night, and they call in Mike Lowell and and Raul Albanez is there, and you know they're throw, throwing stuff around all night long. So there's this like different experiences with it, yeah, right? yeah. different personalities. How different was it for you? For each team, with respect, well, I mean, to each in different in terms of how the approach was when you walked into the suite. Uh, was it was it pretty much for Craig? Do you think it was pretty much very very similar? Everyone's a different personality, or was there some unique approaches to how they handled Craig? I don't. I I got the general sense most of these guys, whether it was you know Mike Hill or Luna or like a Cashman, and the Mets different front offices. They probably had a different one every year, right, for a few years. Yeah. Um, I think they, they, I think with Craig, they handled it differently because of the pedigree and the interesting story and, and the whole notion of like Ben Sherrington used to say to me, I'll be working for this guy one day. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like you, you, you're one way and then not all of them, but I think they're, they're all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, this is, this is different. This is a different type. This is a different cat, so to speak, right? Yeah, they know. They, I mean, they they know yeah. that when it's not just like Joe Schmo player walking in saying, "Give me a job." And the fact is, I guess I would be curious about this too. Is that good for you for for doing this, and good for you for getting him up there? But yeah, not a lot of these, not a lot of these players. I would imagine are able to get up there. You know what I'm saying? Why they don't want to, or they they don't? No, no. I'm just saying that. You know, you have these players who, and maybe you know, this is the job of the agent to convince the team. Said, "Hey, come, let me, let us go up there and just and talk to you a little bit." I would imagine yeah. there are some players that are like, "No thanks." <laughs> oh, I yeah, I'm sure. I think there's a lot. But well, that's the well, they're paying the agent, the lawyer to do their job. So the perception is, well, that then go do your job, and then you, you report back to me. Yeah. No, I was never a big fan of that. Just I'm not. I, I think it's. I think they have to. I, they should be involved because I think you're educating the person, right? You're educating them about the process, right? So they can become better, so they understand. And I also think, certainly, I know we talked about this last time. A guy like Billy Bean never went to arbitration with Craig. 
like we joke about it. He goes, you don't, you're not, you're not <laughs> arbitration with Craig Barzell. He laughed. He goes, what do you want? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? I do remember the one year um, he was with Arizona and we met, uh, I guess it wasn't the winter. I forget where it was exactly. And they were about a hundred thousand apart. Right. Yeah. And Craig said, okay, if they make a donation to my strike three foundation for that amount, we'll call it a deal. And then Ken Kendrick got involved. who's the owner. He loved it, loved it. And they made, they made that donation. So Craig didn't take the, you know, didn't take wow. the money. Off. Man. Yeah. It was like 1.8 or in it. We were off by a couple numbers about the arbitration and Kendrick came in and said, this, I love, I love that this guy's thinking like this. this is the way he thinks. I mean, so I would be surprised when he starts doing these deals I mean, you've heard the story from Dempster talks about it all the time in the 2013 meeting about playoff shares. You know, Craig raised his hand. He said, why don't we have a separate share for obviously the, the clubbies and all that, all those people is like, what about we all pick our charity and we, we debut up a share for a charity. All right. A lot of those guys, most of these ball players, I mean, <laughs> I'm not stating the obvious. They're pretty, they're pretty selfish, right? <laughs> yeah. Give me more, you know, give me more. He's a very, he's the, uh, he's very much the other way. So I would not be surprised if he starts to do those type of deals and, and really brings in those kind of character people. Like the yeah. 2013, I had a bunch of those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, the whole, like, how are you going to build, how are you going to build a team? You know what it's like to have a good clubhouse. You know, you, you're not just defaulting to to spin rate, to rap soda re- readings and things like that, but yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? You know, I, I got to ask you a question now, because I've been listening. I find myself listening now to these Boston talk show guys in the afternoon or whoever they are. I don't, I don't know who the guys are. And there's a general like, knocking of Craig, which obviously I shouldn't take personally, but I do because I've known him for so long. So because they, they don't really know the guy. They don't know the player. And obviously the you know the Yale thing and all this other stuff. And I said, I'm thinking to myself one day, do these guys have any idea what this guy has done on the field? Like should have been the MVP of the ALDS, right? We talked about in 2013. This guy was a pretty had a pretty, pretty good career. You know, you know, you know, no, don't Bob, and it's don't amazing. don't do it. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do don't don't get where it's it's literally like the the reaction the immediate reaction it doesn't none of that matters it's it's all of what you're talking about and I shouldn't say this but it's true it's filling time it's filling time there's, oh right no, I, I get there's, I get this there's the 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 Craig Breslow story, or or with any decision maker, any new decision maker, it's going to come down to the decisions, and Absolutely. that's what that's what it's going to. And since no decisions have been made yet, there's nothing else to default to. So, and I think that goes with David Stearns. You know, David Stearns, the Mets, they've made some. Uh, Joey Wendell, you know, it's like, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe you thought Joey. Well, okay, he might be a useful guy, but that's not going to define David Stearns. And so, you know, I think that it's just it. The whole thing has to play out, and I do think that it comes back to. I was just doing a podcast with some guys and asking about the perception of of what they're doing, and I said. I think that really it's the benefit of the doubt that like you can get the smattering of what you're talking about, about, well, he's, you know, he's robotic and he's not telling us anything. That doesn't make a difference. 
it's all going to come down to, are you going to do what the previous regime, the perception of the previous regime didn't do? And will that help this team actually get on the radar again? And I'm not just talking about with the Red Sox and Breslow. I'm talking about this goes with every executive. You know this. Is it, yeah. it's, it really comes down. There's You do get the benefit of the doubt. You do get some optimism when you come in, uh, as long, especially when you have money behind you or you yeah. think you have money behind you. But yeah. I, I want to ask you this about you had mentioned, go back to the winter meetings, as from the agent point of view, how does it work? Like, so how does it work? So how does, how do you communicate? How do you get, you know, forget about Craig grow, going to the winter meetings. Forget about Craig going up to the suites. I'm talking mm-hmm. about getting deals for your guy. Mm-hmm. And so how does that work when it comes to, because I'm sure that like every agent is peppering every organization Hey, take a look at my guy. Take a look at my guy. Take a look at my guy. How does that work? It's just communication and it, it communicating the right information, you know, meaning like this is what my guy can bring your guy. And nowadays it was cell phones and direct messages. And, and it's just a matter of then setting up a meeting. It's kind of, it's pretty straightforward, but I think you have to, I mean, that's why every agent in America who still represents players, which I don't anymore, but when I did, you have to be there, right? Because you're, you're catching guys at certain times and, and my, you might have three or four guys, and let me talk about – give me an hour of your time so we can spend 20 minutes on each guy, right, Like or 15 minutes on each guy. Do you, grab, be, one, do you grab them when they come through the lobby? No, no. I always I always did prearranged out of respect for their time and their schedule. Yeah. No. I mean, anyone that's doing that, that's that's crazy. I mean, no, you set up a – it's like a professional meeting. So I set up a Zoom, a Zoom call. Hey, we got a, a 1 o'clock call or, you know, that kind of stuff. But the thing I always found interesting about the winter meetings, I could never – I used to talk to Mike Weiner about this a lot. He was the former executive yeah. director of the Player Association. Mike was great. Mike was a, and Craig were very close, obviously, and Craig Council was in that whole group of guys. And Andrew Bailey was also his crew of guys, so to speak. So that's 10 years ago, right, the union. Yeah. And uh, I said, Mike, I, what I don't – because we were very small practice. So I did, the, I did my baseball practice out of my law firm, right? So it was like – I wasn't just doing baseball. I was doing like – real life stuff right so so i said i don't understand these guys who have like 30 free agents like and they play the same position (laughs) how do you go in there and advocate for a guy like how do you go advocate for a guy when you really can't fully advocate for him because you have uh, 400 major league play you know that kind of thing like yeah it's a good question it's a good question Oh, it's a great question. That's why you, you you often see guys, certainly like Craig, that that end up with agencies or agents, lawyers who don't have that kind of thing. Yeah, because hard enough to realize if I'm going to have an advocate, it's generally going to be from it's generally going to be for me for my benefit, right. right? People think, oh, the bigger is better. I'm like, it's not not really the case. So, for me, that was a lot easier because I had a much smaller, you know, type practice, but. You know, I had kids, I had guys like Joe Martinez, who now works in the commissioner's office. Joe was behind the whole the, the uh, I call the shot clock, the pitch clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the you know, he's the BC a BC kid and all that kind. Of, but you know, those kind of guys it's easy to get meetings for because they're like, oh, smart guy that went. You know, <laughs> it's, that's easy. Yeah, great. Of course, of course we want. Uh, I mean, there, there was never a team whether it was Craig or that turned us down for a meeting when I was there with a player ever. Really, never. No, because they. It's it's not common, so yeah. they're 
it's, and it's their chance to really be like, this is like Michael Elias wanted to show off what the, to his college buddy, this is how we do it with the Houston Astros. Like, look at this. Like, it, pretty. Fa- I never got to see it, but <laughs> I heard it was great. I heard it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually in. The, I was actually in the hallway with the, you know the cleaning people. Like they were like cleaning other rooms, cleaning other oh, towels there and stuff, and they got the free you water. You had to stand in. The, why you, you? You stood in the hallway outside the door. No, we were in the hall. We were upstairs, but he Jeff would Jeff would not permit agents or lawyers inside their suite. So I was like, all right. <laughs> True story. We still laugh about it. Cause I say, I can't believe I've been turned down to go into like, I said, try, I actually say this to Mike every every time I see Elias. I say, remember, remember I got bounced out of here? Like, not even got bounced out. It was like the kid who couldn't get in, like didn't have the idea at the door of the kid. Yeah. The yeah. I wasn't in the club, so to speak. So we would leave and we'd laugh and be like, oh, what was that? But every, like, getting back to your question earlier, like, every team is different. It's, some are really prepared. Yeah. Some are, it's like cursory, or you can kind of tell, like, wait, this is a new guy who inherited a couple assistants and it's kind of a little busted up. Like, it's not really. I imagine Craig with his team, because he knows all those people. Yeah. People that work, he's known them for a long time. Oh, sure. Team. Yeah. Yeah. I am certain. That it's a smooth running machine right now. Yeah, no leaks. No, I think it's very smooth because he's really, really good. With, he's good with people, like, you know. Just, you know the way he is. He's not that robotic way of like on press conference. He's but very this, good with but, people. But, but I think that this is, and I think this is a great reason why we're doing this. Honestly, the more you're, you're saying, the more I'm convinced that we've hit podcast goal. Is that that <laughs> This is when we're talking about a first time. I'm just called GM just because, whatever. yeah, first time GM who is getting ready for the winter meetings. I can't imagine how daunting that was. I, Bob, at the GM meetings, I went to Hazen and Sherrington and and um and uh some other guys, Dombrowski, and these guys said, How long did it take for you to feel comfortable? And what you were doing and knowing the organization in like a year, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and so that's a fair and honest answer. And that's probably gonna be to really, but at the so anything you can do to help you prepare for like these new important moments is important. And that's exactly what you helped him do. Congratulations. It's for help is he's he's I don't know if he's hitting the ground running. But at least he knows like, a lot of these guys probably, especially former players, right? Yeah. Like what? A sweet? Like what? Snacks? Like what's 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 going on with schedule? Like what's happening? Yeah. 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 Well, I think he's – I don't think he'll be a fish out of water because he's already visited the water and <laughs> outside the water, right? So he, yeah. it's, to me, it's an environment thing. So anytime like – in, in my law practice, if I want to do a negotiation, I want it typically – in my office, in my conference room, right? I don't like to go somewhere else that I'm right. not, haven't been there before. I don't know where the bathroom is. Like you just kind of, you're out of sorts. But I think when you've visited, he's already been to Nashville. He's already done this. I think 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016. Yeah, He's been there, done that. Not, not as a team side, but at least he's like, he's familiar with this is kind of the way it's going to look. Boris will come in and he'll have his big press con. Like it's like there's, you know, the certain it's the way it is. I mean, one year I remember 
Barry Bonds was at selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast swan club orlando i remember yeah. he showed up yeah maybe looking for a job at the end of his career that's when i first got into the business years because some players do show up but i think i think for someone like craig you know he's ultra prepared like yeah. beyond like he's well, he's also done. It. We we shouldn't forget, Bob. He also did it with the Cubs too, right? I mean, oh right, right, exactly. Yeah, his first year with the Cubs. Actually, I met it was in San Diego again. Ironically enough, we had a coffee at the Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> I said, let's go back to the Starbucks. Remember all sake. the big deals go down. Yeah, remember him saying, "I was out there for unrelated business, and I actually went to lunch with Rupert Jones, rooftop Rupert." Yeah, and buddies to another <laughs> very interesting guy. Very interesting guy. I think he just turned eighty, actually. Um, who lives in? He lives in San Diego, and we and I went out with Craig, and I said, "How's it going?" He goes, "It was his first year with Theo." He goes, "It's a lot." He goes, "It's he's a little overwhelming." Yeah, but I think that that is meaning like it was his first time working outside of like being a baseball player, right? Yeah. So I think like a tough adjustment that first year. And then Jed's talked about how, you know, he overanalyzed and did all that. It was almost like it didn't make sense to some of the stuff that he was like, he was over people's heads. But I think that was, just, I think that was more of a learning curve than this will be. Cause I think he's already been armed with having those two or three years with Theo and then Jed, like, so he's seeing how they operate. Like, oh, okay, great. Probably takes a lot of good from there and it's going to create his own way of doing things. I'm sure. Well, you know what? Another important part of that is, is I'll come back to this conversation I had with Dave Moore is that he, because we're talking about like why it takes so long to get deals done. And it's like, because everyone's so I'm paraphrasing, but everyone's so worried about their blind spots. Like everyone's right. worried that they're, they, they have, they have blind spots. He's like, you know what? It's okay to have blind spots. It's okay. What sometimes what you don't know, it's okay. Instead yeah. of having like 30 analysts or trying to figure out, exactly like that make sure that you 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 haven't missed absolutely everything and i think what craig has going for him is like if you're new in that position if you don't have the initial introduction like you did like you helped him with and then the cubs thing then you you're probably thinking like oh give me every bit of information every and then you're just drowning in it 
yeah, you're overloaded, and then you're per- yeah. paralyzed by all the analysis. Yeah, I think, and and I think he, I mean, he said in the press conference, he said he's not going to be afraid to make those those tough decisions. So I think ultimately, I think he knows. Um, listen, he's been on, he's been on the side of being a signed player, a wave player, a designated player, a release player, a hang on till you, you know the very end type player. He's been in so many of those positions for what the nine, ten, eleven. How many organizations he's been with? Right. I mean, that was. Yeah. So you have to. You also you have to color that in with. He's seen from a player's perspective. That's why it's gonna be so valuable when he sits down with these guys or the representatives. Because think of that, if you're the if you're the agent of one of these players, he might be sitting down with that agent's not often coming into contact. I mean, maybe maybe Chris Young, right? Maybe a guy here or there. Chris Young, Depoto, Getz, yeah, yeah. Depoto's been doing it for so long; it's almost like he's so removed from being a player, right? Yeah. Like it's so many years, like twenty five years, right? Yeah. But I think agents. I know if I was going in, say hypothetically, I had a guy and I was going Craig, like I look at I look at. It, totally differently because i'm like all right this guy this guy's gonna know like this guy knows where my where my guy's coming from i think that's a comfort level too i mean certainly with uh the tie on last year with the cubs that he was a big part of that yeah. you know, met with the person and and i think the players like i i really think the players the right type of players and i love that he's got a gm that's like all right been there i can have those conversations with you you know those real kind of family type conversations oh, sure yeah i Telling me, uh, he's pretty close with Don Mattingly. Yeah, and Mattingly's sons or son and Craig's boys, I think, are the same age now. But they had their kids around the same time. And he's like, "Yeah, Mattingly, Mattingly's great. Like we had like real kind of like life conversations." He's like, "That's that guy's not just a manager. That guy understands, you know, where I where I am and in my life professionally, and you know, right. having kids playing." And Mattingly went through it, right? So he. They look at these guys different. Now you take that from being a manager in the dugout to, you know, the boss of everybody. Right. <laughs> in the dugout. And he'll, I'm, he'll definitely have, I'm sure he'll be having those kind of conversations. Yeah. And that's how you build the, uh, that's how you build strong relationships and loyal employees and players cool. that then want to be there. The last thing is, did, do you remember feeling like the winter meetings were long? In other words, you guys were hanging out. You're taking meetings. You're hanging out. You're taking meetings. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if like if you know you said Craig isn't a big drinker. I, I don't. Pro- you probably aren't no. either. But like if you <laughs> if if you like hung out because that's another big thing hanging out at the in the lobby or whatever at night. Yeah. And um, but did you feel like it was like a long time? Yeah, it's a lot of downtime and a lot of. Uh, I don't think for the teams it is. I think there's a lot of work going on. Yeah. And I think the bosses end up spending more time figuring out how to avoid the media and everybody looking for a job. So they have all different exits and entrances. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. He should literally parachute in. He should parachute in and out of his hotel room. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's true. It's true. Though. Or have a body double. Have a body double. Oh, I mean. Like, <laughs> that would be great. Having someone that looks like you have the media, they'll be chasing him one way and then Craig comes out. <laughs> I think the actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt could play a Craig Craig Breslau. Yeah. Worth a goal. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's, yeah. he, him and my buddies. If he, buy, he bar, uh, borrows Bobby's uh, yeah. mustache, uh, mustache, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and hides out in a certain corner. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I think I think he'll honestly, I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. Obviously, once he gets the first one over, you know, they got the money to spend. He's going to land a couple good, really good players, and I think what he's doing with the coaching staff, I think that's actually a 
a big thing is getting all these guys on the same page and and some of the hires. I mean, a lot of the times we spent doing that, you know, bringing new guys in and evaluating who he has already. And, you know, yeah. obviously the coaching staff, that was a big thing. He's got a lot on his plate. Um, I think the player, I think the, at the end of the day, the, the decisions he's going to have to make is ultimately he's going to have to go with his gut. Yeah. He's going to, uh, you know, well, say, Well, hey, he should though. I mean, that's, he should. That, that, that's, that's, what it comes, yeah, that's what it that's, comes back to. Right. Yeah, I, I remember him years ago with the with that twenty twenty bullpen, the Red Sox. We talked about that. Yeah, and he he was pretty. He, you know, they they asked him. You know, management asked him, Sherrington. You know what? You know what do you think? And he was he told them, and they yeah. made change. They made changes that really twenty twelve. Yeah, well, he got traded over there. The trade deadline twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Ben will tell you that was the beginning of the build of twenty thirteen. Oh bringing, yeah. Bringing Brez in and some, and then they they jettison a lot of those the veterans. Remember that big trade with the Dodgers and whatever. But yeah, that was the beginning of it. So he, so this is a guy that he he understands players and I, and he's a very good because re- he, he's not a big talker, Craig. He listens very. He can yeah. listen. Yeah, he yeah. can he can talk too, but he can he can listen. He's got a good feel for for players. I think if I was a player that wanted, say you know you want to be a free agent, say you wanted to go to Boston, that's that's a meeting you you, you want to have. You want the player there. I mean, I'd want to meet, like, who's my boss going to be? I'm surprised more players don't do that. Oh, yeah, I'll go sign with them for whatever. And I'm like, do you have any idea what you're working for for the next like, seven years? Like, I know you're making millions of dollars. You can get that from four different teams. the same. Yeah. But, like, like, who do you want to work for? Like, who well, do you want to report well, it's to? It's like when, uh, when uh, the meetings that happened, the Otani meetings circa six years ago, A.J. Preller learned Japanese. <laughs> so, yeah. Good yeah. move. Hey. That's a if, great idea. If your brain can handle it, do it. And that's what I. That's what I was kidding. I'm like coming back from the GM meetings. You don't think Breslow's learning could learn Japanese in that six hour flight? Absolutely. Well, I I had said to him recently because I don't think he speaks that much Spanish. And I said, Greg, I've been doing the same thing myself. I have a buddy of mine who doesn't speak great English. Guy I got to know down here in Florida. I text with him. I just I use Google Translate all day long. Hmm. I say, I said, you can now communicate with these players in these languages via text, literally, like, like, <laughs> but little like things like that. Like at times, it's, I've definitely changed, but um, it'll be interesting. I think he, I don't think he'll be a, a clubhouse GM. Like, I don't think you'll see him a lot. Like, you know, I think he respects staff and everything that's going on, but I think certainly he'll have those those really good relationships. It's gonna be meaningful, you know. Yeah. Well, so, listen, you you paved the way for him. You paved the way. You took him. You had him hang out in the lobby. You know, oh, Rob, the one without naming names. There were a couple of guys, a couple of his former teammates. And then one guy becomes a manager. This guy, and we would watch them. We'd sit off to the side at night and watch them at the bar. And I'd be like, Craig, this guy's not gonna last. He's like tonight. Like he's not last tonight. I'm like, no, he won't last in the game. Yeah, because the behavior. Right? I mean, people, people see this stuff, and they're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so that that was a part of it that really you know, San Diego has a huge bar area. Yep. People, and they just don't go to drink. They go to oh. drink. Well again, it's it's like it's like a class reunion. You know, it's like this is this exactly is the night this. Yeah. Exactly this. And then you got the um uh I used to get followed all the time because they they don't necessarily like the kids looking for jobs. Oh, the job fair, they yeah. Oh who like who you are, or you aren't like I'll go like just go to the bathroom and a kid come in. Hey, so you're like, who are you with? I'm like, we're both over the urinals. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, 
Oh yeah, I'm in the rep business. And, yeah, and, there, and, there, and it's a sea of blue suits. It's a sea of blue suits. You know what I used to say to kids all the time? They yeah. come up to me. You're talking to someone who I never worked for anybody. I went, got on the ground. I hustled not to chase the agent who represented players. I hustled to go get the player. Yeah. From St. John's and Fordham or wherever, right? All those Northeast schools, right? So I always take that personally, and I would always say, "Oh, I said, yeah, you can come work for me. Well, what do you pay?" I'm like, "I pay a commission on the, like on what?" I said, "Whatever big league of client you bring." Yeah. <laughs> you want you want to come? You, yeah. I'll get you hired. You can like create your own job. How's that yeah. sound? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you By go. the way, no yeah. different than what Craig did with the with the Cubs when he oh, made yeah. himself. Let's, I mean, I, I went to Bob. I went to the job fair. I got one offer. I. Tick, director of ticket sales for the Prince William Cannons. It paid a thousand dollars for the summer. I said, "Well, I can't." Sorry, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but but hey, listen, good stuff, man. Good All stuff. Right, okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 